Hi guys, how's everybody doing today? I hope you're having a great day wherever you are, whether you're watching live, whether you're here with us. Um, today's going to be a good day. I really like the direction that God has been leading me in my life. I've been spending a lot of time Developing my tribe, developing the relationships that I have with um, people in my life, with Team True Racing, with Crossroads Community Church, with uh, the Lighthouse here in Ridgecrest. All places where God has led me to serve, to be actively involved in, um, in preaching the gospel and sharing my talents and and being a servant. Because honestly, if you believe in Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, that's what you're called to do. You're called to be a servant. You're called to do more than just warm that pew week after week, month after month, year after year. You were saved with a price. And I think it's time that, that as pastors and, and lay leaders start challenging you. I mean, who are you? The person sitting right there right now. Who are you? Have you made a des uh, decision to follow Christ? Are you born again? Who are you? Because after you, we are done with this message, after we wrap up, I want you to know. I want you to know the answer to that question. It's important in your life that you know who you are. That you know who you are in Christ, that you know who you are at your job, that you know who you are as you wake up every morning and start your day. I want you to know this. I want you to remember this very simple thing. That Jesus took 11 men, 12, but we're not going to count Judas. He, he blew it, so... He took 11 men and he changed the world. 11 men. There's lots of women here today and, and listening, so I'm going to include you too. He took 11 people and he changed the world. I mean, there's how many more times than that listening right now? Way more than 11 people are in this room. Way more than 11 people are listening online. We could change the world. Starting right now, we could change Ridgecrest, Trona, 
Randsburg, Inukern, California, the United States. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what we could do? Can you imagine what the church can do if each of us took Matthew 28 seriously? It said, go and make disciples of all men. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We have that same power inside of us. We have that same power in us that, that they had in them. We have more access to God's word and we can literally hear our favorite worship song anytime we want with a twist of a knob or asking Siri or Alexa to pull it up on the web. I mean, what do you feel your role in the church is? What is your gifting? Each of us believers has a calling that God has put on our heart. Do you know what it is? If not, then this is a shameless plug for Crossroads because every couple months we, we teach a class on spiritual gifts. It's the 401 class. and You can hit me up afterwards or, or go on the Crossroads um, webpage or, or app, whatever, but there are ways you can know your gifts. If you don't know what your gift is in Christ, you need to find out. Each of us believers has a calling that God has put on our heart. It's important that we know what that is. Are you a new believer? Maybe you think you get a pass the first year. But I'm going to point this out. The disciples were all new when they started serving and following Jesus. And they kicked some spiritual butt. So yeah, I have heard every excuse why people cannot serve Jesus. Let's go over a few. Uh, I'm still struggling with my faith. Um, right now my life is kind of out of control. Oh, here's my favorite. God has not dealt with that sin in my life just yet. Hmm. You just can't imagine my schedule right now. Talk to Tara about her schedule. Yeah, don't tell me you don't have time. Oh, I'm just really looking for a church that that meets my needs. Yeah. I want to be clear. It's important that everyone hears this. Because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are born again, it is not the church's job to meet your needs. It's your job to meet the church's needs. Yeah. Mind blown for some of you, I know. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says this. It says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of all the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many.
Guys, we, we become consumers over being servants. If you are reading your Bible, if you are spending time in prayer with God, then I know that he is encouraging you to get in the game, to quit standing on the sidelines and, and do your best to help the team, to help God's team win. I mean, you understand we're all in a race, right? You understand that, that our time is so limited. We are just a moment. We are just a vapor that is here for a gone. Here for a moment and then gone. Philippians 2, 1 through 4 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. It's important. It's important that we realize that we are supposed to be servants. We are supposed to be serving other people as believers. And I got to tell you, sometimes it's really hard when I see people make excuses and, and they don't demand the same holiness for everyone. All of us are called to the same level of holiness. All of us are called to, to do our best every day to be Christ-like. To walk the path. Do we fail? Absolutely. Do we fall short? Absolutely. But I can tell you guys, as a pastor, I, I feel like I've failed many of you because I do not expect the same level of maturity or holiness as I do to those that have been in faith longer. We all need to be expected to have the same heart and, and desire to please God. As that desire comes from God and not from the minds of men. That is the problem. We keep thinking that it's, it's from our own strength. But it's not. The same Holy Spirit that is in me is in you. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is working in your life to remove sin and the snares that, that entangle us here on earth. You have to walk in your faith and your power the day that you accept Christ. You have to keep bowing to fear and to the past that the devil so wants to keep at forefront in your mind. He wants to keep your past in your face. But remember, as a Christian, you're a new creation. You were born with a certain skill set that was made just for you by God himself. That is why it is so important that you become involved. That is why it is so important that we all get in the game. 1 Corinthians 12, 1-11 It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, 
Somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to, to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God that does the work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that same Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. And to another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of languages. And to still another, the interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. We have to strive to receive gifts that will build up the church. Not just our own wants and desires. I hear so many people say, Oh, I want to speak in tongues. And I think, Why? It's only uplifting you. I mean, if you get the gift to speak in tongues to be an interpretation or, or to speak to people that, that don't speak the same language in you, like in Acts, where everyone was speaking tongues and, and the people were amazed because they were speaking from God, hearing from God in their own language, then yeah, by all means, ask for that tongues. But honestly... I want you guys to desire gifts that lift up the church. Prophecy, speaking, music, gifts, teaching. Find your gift that God's given you to uplift the church. I think it's important. How about the gift of helps? Where you just want to feed and keep the church clean or service, or, or discernment of any gift that allows this prayer house, or, or crossroads, or whatever church you're involved with, to serve the unsaved. Because that is what we're commanded to do. That is our mission. That is what we are supposed to complete. 1 Corinthians 14.12 says, So it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. I'm always blown away by who God calls to be leaders in church. Fishermen, task collectors are in my case. Many of our cases. Ex-drug addicts, criminals. Heathens of, of different shapes and sizes. And yet God uses the weak to confuse the arrogant. It doesn't matter who you are in this life. It doesn't matter what you were. 
What matters is the gift that God gives in you. What matters is that you obey and listen to that still small voice every day that encourages you, that helps you to know who you are in Christ, to walk in your gift, to walk in the talent that God's given you. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-31 says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts Boast in the Lord. It's important that we understand that, that when we say yes to serving God, it is not because we are confident and full of wisdom. It's because we are walking humbly with God. And He is reminding us that we can be better. That He has called us to wake up and remember that He is our bright light, our defender, our champion, our life coach. And we have to roll over and say, here I am, God. Here I am, God. Send me, God. Here I am. We have to quit viewing church leaders as people that minister to us. We have to keep thinking that we, we, the collective, are the servants. It is not your pastor's job to coddle you, to equip you, to help you become stronger. I want you to think of your pastor and your leaders of your church as personal trainers, not your masseuse. Now, if you're here tonight and you're just kicking the tires of Jesus, I'm not talking to you. If, if you're just here and, and, and you've never even heard the gospel, well, tonight's a rough night because I can promise you I'm talking to the believed. I'm talking to brothers and sisters tonight that, that know who Jesus is. But it is important that you understand that serving God is, is a gift. And it's the most exciting ride you're ever going to take. When you accept Christ, it's literally like winning the lottery. But with that comes responsibility and decisions you never thought you'd have to make. For years, we've been telling our churches that, that we should do anything to get people in the door of the church. We cater to everyone in such a way as to, as to not offend them. We are so afraid that people won't come back that we have watered down the one thing that has always changed lives. That's the cross. When God shows you that you are loved and that you matter, 
by hanging his son on a tree so that you and I could live in his presence forever? It is mind-boggling. I want you to take a moment right now to let that sink in. I want you to think about what it would be like to have to put your son or daughter on a cross so that the rest of the world could live. That's a heavy burden. That's hard to fathom. The cross is messy. And yet that's what God did for you and I. Ephesians 4, 11 through 15 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supported ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. We're the parts, just in case you didn't understand that. If you believe there is a God and that He loves us, then his love would be the perfect love because he's, he's God. To me, the perfect way to love someone is to walk a mile in their shoes, take their burdens, cry their tears, take the place of their pain, even to the point of death. That is love and acceptance and almost overwhelming if you think about it. And yet that is what God did with Jesus. He humbled himself, walked in our shoes, and died so that we could live by Jesus being crucified on a cross for our mistakes. I don't see we I don't see how we as humans could do anything kinder for one another. Everyone that comes into the lighthouse says that, that this place is different. That they see unity here. They see the unity of the community. I want you all to remember that tonight. Because that's what we need to be. The unity of the community. I don't care what church you go to. If you love Jesus Christ, if He is your Lord, we need to become united. We need to come together. Because this battle, this battle that we're in right now, it's not easy. 
and it's not going to be one with, with religion. It's not going to be one over fighting over if we should be sprinkled or dipped. It's not going to be one because we don't read the same Bible as each other. It's going to be one because we're united. You ever wonder why God has waited so long to come back? I believe it's because the church is not striving for unity. If we could get past the petty differences of doctrine, the, the man-made rules that separate us from the, the desires of God's hearts, if we could all be in one accord, doing the will of Jesus and serving God from a heart of love and devotion, that unity is what God is waiting for. We need to pray together as one body, worship together as one voice, break bread together as it did in Acts 2 church. That is how we change the world. That is who true servants of the cross are. Now, I want to stress that taking communion is a holy act. So tonight as we take communion together, I don't want you to take it lightly. If your heart does not belong to Jesus, then maybe the communion cup is not for you. But if tonight you've decided to follow Jesus, or if you are willing to ask God for his forgiveness and for his son Jesus to be your savior, then by all means, I want you to share in your first communion tonight. If you have something against someone, if you have any unforgiveness in your heart, take a moment. Pray about it before we share the cup. It's a big deal. This is not a religious ceremony. It's a covenant that you are making by acknowledging that you are sharing the blood of Jesus. That his broken body will now be part of your body. We're going to do communion now. And if you're listening at home, man, run to the... Run to the fridge and, and get a, some juice or I don't care. If you got wine, drink wine, whatever it is. Pause right now. Go get, go get a cup. Share with us tonight. Go grab a piece of bread. Break it off. I don't care where you're at right now. Let's just do this together. As Jesus broke the bread... He took that. He said, do this often in remembrance of me. And they ate the bread. Dan took the cup and he said, think of this as my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And the disciples drank the cup. I want to encourage you all to, to make this personal. That as we just took communion together, that as we, we do the last song tonight, you, you take a moment. You take a moment to be able to know 
that you are loved. It's important. It matters. If you want prayer, come forward. Let's pray. I want you to know that my heart's desire is to see the church of Jesus to be in unity and one purpose, to make disciples of all men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are humbled by your presence. We are humbled, Father God, by, by the kindness and the mercy that you show us. We are humbled, Father God, by the gifts that you've bestowed upon us, your church. I pray, Father God, that you rise up warriors. That you rise up people right here, right now. To be prophets. To be teachers, Father God. To be pastors. To be servants, Lord Jesus. Father, we can change the world if we would just unite. If we would just unite as one church, is one faith, is one hope. So Father God, I pray that tonight we are just believers in Jesus. Because in your eyes, that's who we are. We love you and we praise you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen.